everybody. Welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy. Well, today is January 29th, and we're almost finished with January. That's amazing. Well, I was thinking I would love to sell my house, but there's a whole group of people that are in the same boat, and there are so many things to think about. When do you want to sell? Uh, Who do you want to sell to? What do you do with your house to fix it up so it sells real fast? I want the most money I can get. All these questions dancing around in my head, and I'm sure everybody else is in the same situation. And so we have a special guest who's going to help us answer a lot of these questions. Lisa Rain is a realtor, and she's with Local Board Real Estate. Wow. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Thanks Nancy. a lot for coming back. Thank you, Nancy. How I know we you? did a podcast a couple of months ago, totally different subject. So now this is a fun subject, at least for people who are really into moving. And there are so many people that are moving lately. There are a lot of people moving. It's a very busy market out there. A lot of people moving into Phoenix and a lot of people moving in and around Phoenix. So it's a really exciting time right now. I can't remember the statistics. I think they said over 800,000 people moved here last year. Sounds about right. I remember when I over 200 people a day moving to Phoenix, I remember. That's way too much. They're all on the street <laughs> at the same time, and they're going in the same place I'm going. They're all looking for houses. That's right. Lisa, I want you to just explain a little bit about your background before we get started with my millions of questions. Sure. I have been in some form of real estate and construction, single-family home building for over 25 years I've worked um, really all over the country, quite a bit in the Western states. I'm a licensed realtor in Arizona. I have been in New Mexico. I'm a licensed broker in California. I'm also a licensed contractor in Arizona. So quite a bit of design and construction background as well. Yeah. So, And I specialize your... in single family residential for the most part. What do you do in your spare time? <laughs> Lots to do around Phoenix. Well, like I said before, and I'm in that same boat, I'd like to sell my house, but where the heck do I start? Well, um, let's see. The first thing I think that you want to think about if you're thinking about moving um, would be to put a timeline on it. So really, price and time are going to be closely related. So if you can roughly identify when you think you might want to move, that's a good place to start. Well, here's a quandary I have. I would like to move in six months, but I was looking at houses and I saw one that I really liked and I'm not in a situation to say, okay, I want that. Which again, goes back to sort of being more strategic about it. So if you, and I run this, run into this with quite a few sellers, actually. Um, If you really think through the timeline involved in selling a house, it's quite extensive. So I'll have a lot of homeowners call me and say, you know, I'm thinking of moving sometime in the future. It's way too soon to talk. And most of the time when we get into a conversation, what I find out is it's not too soon at all. And if anything, it might be too late. If you're thinking about selling, you're going to have to think about obviously the days on the market. Everybody thinks about that part of it. But there's days on the market. There's the days to close escrow. But even backing up from that, it's going to take some amount of time to put the repairs maybe even a renovation into your house before you go to market. So there's a whole process that goes into that repair renovation cycle that needs to be added into your timeline. Um, And as I said, for most people, it ends up being a lot longer time period than they ever expected. 
did you ever hear of somebody putting their house on the market and it's not selling and they should then maybe take their house off the market, redo some of the uh, going along with the comments that some mm-hmm. of the people have said and then put it back on the market? Does that work sure. well? It can. If you've, if you've gone on the market and based on the feedback that you've gotten from a number of showings, uh, have determined that there's maybe some kind of a miss in evaluating the impact of a feature, whether it's the kitchen or who knows what it might be, it would be a reasonable solution. I guess in the, in that scenario, you have a couple different options. Number one, you would wait until a suitable buyer comes up. Who's going to accept that feature. Number two, you would take the home off the market, do the remodel to bring that element to whatever state the market wants it to be. Um, or number three, you would reduce the price to kind of compensate for whatever feature the market's saying it doesn't like. So there, there are different ways to approach that situation for sure. And taking a home off the market is certainly one option. Okay. So then what do I do next? Um, I call a realtor and say, come and look at my house. Well, hopefully if we start from the beginning of the process, um, to avoid that scenario, what you might do, or what I would suggest is a good approach as you're thinking of going to market would be to start with a realtor or, well, really what you're starting with is an opinion of value. So a realtor is always a great place to start for that opinion. Um, Hopefully more than one, you want to get a number of professional opinions. You know, these days there's so much data online that any of us can type in an address right now and pull up, you know, three, four different numbers that give a value on our home. And that's great. That's a wonderful thing. In addition to that, a realtor is going to have a lot of information about other factors that um, may impact the marketing of your home and also just a lot of detail, a lot of detail that maybe a computer algorithm won't pull up. So, you know, in your market, um, you know, a certain color combination is selling or... um, you well, know. what about the the ages of the people who are now buying, moving into the neighborhood versus maybe an older couple? Maybe they don't want to live in a neighborhood with a lot of babies. No? Well, demographics really, um, you know, other than age-restricted communities, all communities are open to all ages. So realtors don't really talk too much, aren't going to give you a, an opinion on that kind of demographic. If you want demographics like that, sort of the average age of a community yeah, and so that's forth. What I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. That sort of thing you can get from title companies. Realtors can definitely point you in that direction. But any of those kinds of things, schools, um, you know, or the location of school information, mm-hmm. um, healthcare information, that might be important to some people. Realtors can be great clearing houses for all kinds of things that might impact value or for information about all kinds of things that might impact value. Other than myself calling in a designer, mm-hmm. would you consider uh, recommending somebody to call in a designer to see what they feel about uh, how they can do something with the house? Absolutely. As a first step, I think that that opinion of value is the first place. You know, what the question would be: What is the value of the home today in the in the condition the property is today? And the second thing it would the second question to ask would be. What are the repairs and or renovations we're going to need to bring that value in an open market sale? Or even we can have the conversation or with a realtor, you can have the conversation, uh, what might 
we be able to bring in if we were to put some repairs or renovations into the property? So once you have those kinds of ranges in mind, what the house is worth today in its current condition, what it might be worth with some future repairs, then it's time to bring in an expert or some experts and start talking about what would it take to get those repairs done. And that's a great place to bring in a designer. A designer can help you with the determination of the products, uh, the price point of the products. And obviously, you know, we all think with the designer, we always think of the look. And of course, a designer can do that, but a, con- a designer can do so much more than that. Um, so, Thank you. Yeah, a designer <laughs> can really help you pinpoint your budget, the materials, and often help you with, you know, labor providers, installers, and so forth. So, really, a realtor and a designer can really work hand in hand to help you get the dollar value you want for your property in the time that you want it. Mm -hmm. So I've been in a situation many times where people want to sell their house. They'll call me in and they'll say, we're redoing the kitchen to sell. Mm -hmm. And then they start um, with a lot of emotion Mm -hmm. on choices for Mm -hmm. color, for appliances, for, I have to keep reminding them that they're moving out. They're not going to live there unless it turns out so great that they change their mind, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure happens Mm -hmm. a lot. But the one thing that I keep pushing is don't overdo the market. Don't do something that is going to be unique and very expensive to your neighborhood because you're not going to get it back. Agreed? Over improving is a kind of an occupational hazard when you go into uh, remodeling your own property. We all have pride of ownership and we, you know, get caught up in the, the prettiest of the pretty things. And that's wonderful. It may not always be the best financial decision. So again, you know, working with professionals can be your best friend in the sense that they can kind of help us from tripping over our own feet. Right. When I said do away, they can't have any emotion when they're getting their house ready to sell. And a lot of times I'll say, well, you know, people will walk in here, they'll buy your house, they'll rip out your kitchen, they'll rip out Mm -hmm. this or that. And you could see their face going, but I like that. Why are they doing that? Well, because it's going to become their house, not yours anymore. There's nothing sadder than working with someone who put 75000 in a kitchen remodel and is only going to get $25,000 out of it. Oh, that's you know, pathetic. That's where a designer yeah, could help. That's where, right? yeah. So making good decisions will take a little bit, sometimes take a little bit of self-discipline, um, but will in the long run, I think, um, produce a better result. Have you ever gone into a house and you go, oh my God, this house needs a lot of cleanup, a lot of repair. How do you tell the people and then what's the next step? Well, we've been focusing, I think, in our discussions so far today on more uh, renovation type of repairs. There's another a very a much more simple type of repair that can go so far, um, and that is literally just cleaning and simple maintenance types of repairs. So a really basic thing to do when you're putting your house on the market, and it's going to sound simple, but it, it's not done so many times is just get a professional cleaner. I mean, and if you can't get a professional cleaner, clean it yourself and get someone else to come look at your cleaning job. Because think about it, your the, your potential buyer is probably walked through a model home sometime in the recent past. Mm-hmm. That's their perception of what a home should look like. Now, how many of us can really look at our own homes and say it's as clean as a model home? You know, that's what we're that's what we have to aspire to in terms of cleanliness with our home. But simple things like paint touch up, um but wait, wait, there's a, I was just thinking okay. of this. 
we're living in the home that they're looking at, but nobody lives in that model home. So True. It's a challenge. Right? It's a Boy, challenge. Boy, that's a hard one. It's a challenge in terms of getting your home ready for market, but it's also an expectation to set with yourself while your home is on the market. True. I agree. Yeah. In other words, you go to a model home, there's empty closets, so it's looking huge. All of the kitchen cabinets are empty, and you think, wow, I've got a lot of storage here. Right. Of course, the walls are empty, and they have some pretty prints on there, but that's it. So then they're coming to a house that's lived in. Um, so did you say get rid of clutter? Because we know <laughs> we most were, people... We haven't gotten there yet. But yes, that's part of the marketing process for an existing home. And again, pride of ownership. We love our families. We have our history. We all have um, those personal items in a home. And again, I'll use a model home as a comparison. If you walk through my home with all of my family photos and then walk through the model home down the street, you'll notice there aren't a lot of pictures of people. There aren't a lot of things in that model home that would tie that home to anybody else but the buyer. You want the buyer to walk through your home and feel like it's theirs really easily. So anything that you can do to make that happen is good. Um, removing personal items, awards, um, family photos, you know, a few family photos. You don't want to make it completely sterile. Uh, but m- removing a lot of that personal, uh, removing paperwork, that's another thing. You know, people have stacks of mail mm. on their Should desk. Should you remove your pets? During the showing, if you can remove your pets from, certainly from the inside, um, if you can remove them off the property, that's even better. Just one less thing for a buyer to have to uh, work around. Also, not every buyer likes a pet. Again, it might be harder for that um, cat lover to come onto a property and see your dog. So we want that cat lover to see them and see themselves living in your house with their 15 cats, right? Um, so anything you can do, certainly hiding pet bowls is a good thing to do. Any kind Putting of pet, the pets in the closet. Any kind of pet smells, anything that might produce a pet smell. Um, pet, Boy, that's a, that'll turn them right <laughs> off. Right, pet beds, any of those things um, yeah. are better removed anytime you have a showing or the, during the duration of the listing to the extent it's feasible. Yeah. I mean, obviously we're talking about a real house that someone's living in. Yeah. Well, I've gone into some houses and they're dark and I would think that increasing the lights, having warm lights, having lights on when they're coming in, which brings me right to premier lighting. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Premier lighting is a one, they've got a wonderful showroom in Scottsdale and they just came back from the Dallas market. So they've got a whole bunch of different fixtures. And I, well, last week's, uh, a podcast, we talked about the trends in lighting for 2020 and you would be amazed at all the different things that are coming in. So if you want to sell your house and you want to just, uh, you know, in your budget, change a couple of the light fixtures and definitely change the bulbs. You want to go to shoppremier.com. You'll find their phone number on their website. You can go visit them in Scottsdale, or if you're not living in Scottsdale, you can call them and they do have lighting consultants that will help you. So don't forget shoppremier.com. Great. No, you're absolutely right. And I think that the basic idea with lighting when you're marketing a home is you just want to maximize the light as much as possible. So sometimes there are things that you start to overlook as you live in a home. Like maybe there's a bush that's overgrown in front of a window. 
that's blocking some light. We'll trim it back. Easy thing. You know, it's hard when you live in the house and you've been living in it and you see it all the time. You almost need that designer, Mm -hmm. that realtor to say, without getting your feelings hurt, hey, this has to be changed or cut down or cleaned up. Even simple things, um, a slat wall or slat blinds or that are dusty will reduce the amount of light. So just cleaning the blinds. Well, getting those cleaners would right. solve that there problem. There you go. There you go. What, one um, of the worst things is opening up an oven in a house that's been lived in, and it looks like they haven't yeah. cleaned it in 10 years. Yeah, great one. Light bulbs, another one. Before you go on market and then during the period that you're on the market, keeping the light bulbs functional, it's really a, 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 it's a downer for a buyer to walk in and flip a light switch in the bathroom and have two, two bulbs out. Just doesn't feel good. You can also increase the wattage of the bulbs that you have when you go on the market. Again, just up that lighting. Warm lighting tends to show better than cool lighting, bright, warm daylight. Uh, so pay attention to the temperature of your lighting. Uh, you can change lampshades, especially old dusty lampshades that you might have forgotten are old dusty lampshades. Oh, yes, yeah. move it. Stand away from the room, mm-hmm. outside the room. Look in the room and say, well, I could move these lamps around. And it gives the room a whole different look. Exactly. So, And also, as you're, from a marketing perspective, when you have a showing, it, it could be the realtor or should be the realtor if it's not used. In general, it should be a practice to have all of the lights on, have the drapes open, have the blinds open every time there's a showing so that that light is maximized. You never want a buyer to walk into a dark house, even turn on the exterior lights, even in the middle of the day, it still makes the house look more inviting. So, uh, that's a simple showing tip that can go a long way for you. Uh, when, before we got on air, you were talking about, um, a couple of ways to, uh, get some money to repair uh, so that your house can go on the market. Do you want to hit on that? Well, there are a couple, you know, the market's changed quite a bit, as we all know, in the past few years. And there are different ways to go to market than there were 10 years ago. I think one of the ones we talked about, Nancy, was a, um, a, this was a particular company. The name is Curbio. There are others like it. And what they do is they will come in and let's just say, in my case, um, I have a kitchen remodel that's going to take $25,000, but I know based on, or I believe based on the information I've been given, you know, through my investigation and my conversations with professionals, I know that if I put this 25,000 or believe that if I put this $25,000 into my house, I can get 50,000 more out of it. Well, that's a pretty good math problem, right? I'd, I'd rather get the greater $50,000 in, in uh, value. That's almost better than Microsoft stock. There you go. Yeah. So what Curbio or, or companies like them will do is they will come in and they will complete the remodel that, at their expense, no money out of pocket to the buyer, and they'll be paid out of close of escrow. So there are situations where, for whatever reason, a buyer's reluctant to... to um, come up with the cash for a remodel that makes sense. There are companies like that. There are also private investors out there that will come in and help with a remodel uh, with the idea of being reimbursed after close of escrow. There's another solution out there that can make sense sometimes for buyers uh, who either are looking for convenience or looking for maybe it's a home that needs some work that they're not prepared to do or don't have the time to do. And there are a number of companies out there. They're they're known in aggregate as iBuyers. Um, Zillow would be one of them. Open Door would be not another. Just to name a couple, there are many. They buy houses. They buy houses. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, 
they'll come in and they will uh, estimate the value of your house. Mm -hmm. They'll, of course, on the back end, be doing their own estimate of what it will take to, to take the house to market. And then they'll make you an offer for your house as is. Then they'll do the marketing and the repair after they buy it from you. So for someone who has a house that needs some work, that can be a solution. And for whatever reason that work isn't feasible for the buyer to do, that can be, a, you know, an iBuyer can be a feasible solution. Now there are fees associated with that and you really have to look at, you know, compare the fees of a traditional sale with a traditional realtor versus one of the iBuyers, you know, and see which one works best for you. Yeah, it takes a little work, but what if they decide the the uh, seller says, what if I sell as is? Uh, you know, we've heard this handyman special. Mm -hmm. Everybody assumes that if they look at that house as a handyman special, they're going to get a deal. That's. Well, I mean, I guess that's the assumption going yeah. in. I mean, it may be. I guess if you're looking, if you're talking from the standpoint of a buyer looking at a handyman special, trying to evaluate whether it's a, a deal. Well, what I would tell you is it, the uh, well, you remodelers know that I know that are doing it professionally, the generally speaking, are going to evaluate it on a per square foot basis. What I'm I, paying for X dollars per square foot. I know I can sell it for X dollars a square foot, right. and they want that differential to be greater than 20%. I guess what I was going for is if you don't want to invest in the money, mm -hmm. invest the money into the house, mm -hmm. and you want to sell it as is, yeah. that's your other option. Sure. But... Like you were saying in our conversation, you can maybe put in 25000 and you'll raise the price of your house more than that. So you will recoup that money plus. Sure. And if you're in that situation where you, and we're actually, we're all in the situation where we want to put as little money in and, as, and get as much out, right? I mean, that's, that's universal. So, yeah. you know, you just have to, every buyer is going to have, or seller, I'm sorry, is going to have to define for themselves what little money, you know, to some of us, that's a hundred dollars. And to some of us, that's a hundred thousand dollars. Right. So we just have to define for ourselves what that amount of money is that we're comfortable putting in the house. Okay. I have one last question. I know that you have to, you have an appointment to sell a house and I hope you do sell it. Um, but, um, I almost forgot my question hmm. at what point when you list your house, do you say, I'm going to list it high so I can negotiate? Or do you get realistic with the price at the beginning? I have a, a t couple of responses to that. One, I would always say in any transaction, price and time are closely related. So if you, have the seller, have a need for some reason, could be work, could be family, who knows, um, to make your sale happen quickly, you're going to want to be more price sensitive. That would be my first. So always consider time relative to price. My second time on the market relative to price. My second response in today's market, it's a very strong market. And I speak of Phoenix and the Phoenix general, you know, the larger Phoenix area, including Scottsdale, Mesa, all the various cities. Um, it's a strong market. It's a seller's market. And it can be common for sellers to think they can price high, hoping for the market to catch up or just knowing that, you know, sooner or later a buyer is going to come in who will make some kind of offer on the home. What I will tell you is that's not always a great solution because what's changed in the past 10 years or so is that many, all of us, uh, many buyers, many sellers went through uh, the downturn in 2007 or so. 
and saw what can happen when you overpay for a house. Mm -hmm. And so buyers are very conscious of what uh, the value of a home is. And if it's on the market, if a home is on the market for over a reasonable value, they'll just go on to the next one. They're not willing to take the risk. Buyers were willing to take a lot more risk 10 years ago than they are today. Well, also they're, they're internet savvy. Exactly. That was my second point. I beat you to it. Right. <laughs> what 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 is available to buyers today that was not ten years ago are all the valuation sites on the internet. So a buyer can come uh, to his or her computer, type in your address, get a number of opinions on value, and tell right away whether, at least from an internet perspective, the house is overpriced. If you're overpriced, they'll move on. So then from that, I get be realistic with the price that you mm -hmm. want to uh, mm -hmm. list it for. Mm -hmm. Probably be willing to come down a little bit because nobody ever, well, sometimes they they buy at market value. I've heard where in certain places they're offering more than market value. It happens both ways. Yeah. Houses go on the market, sell for more. Houses go for slightly less. Um, generally speaking, you want to come on the market at or close to market value in today's market. Well, I think we've covered a lot and I hope this was helpful to everybody who's listening, whether you're on the market to sell your house now or in six months or in a year, or maybe you don't, maybe, you know, somebody who wants to sell their house, but I think this was a lot of great information that Lisa shared with us. I want to thank you, Lisa, for great. stopping by going through all this and who knows, we'll probably talk about something else. Maybe I'll sell my house and we'll have to talk <laughs> about something else in six months. Um, like, uh, what do I do now? Should right, I invest yeah. in another house? What's my next, how do I, how do I select a new house? We yeah. Can talk about okay. That. I like moving and uh, packing up and moving. Right. Let's do it again. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but anyway, I want to thank everybody for listening. Lisa again, for stopping by and until next time, have a great sure. day. Thank you.